In this episode on the podcast, it's our fourth of the series that where Jade is interviewing me around me sharing my journey of uh, unlearning and relearning a whole bunch about faith, love, God, connection, everything in between. In this uh, podcast, I'm looking at the last couple of years where I've established with my wife Trish uh, Greater Things International and looking at what's shaping us, what's moving us, and where we are heading. Welcome back to session four with the wonderful and brilliant Matt Beckenham. <laughs> what a great <laughs> <How you> intro. <laughs> great intro. Thank you. <laughs> so we're kind of going to pick up where we left off with the last podcast. And we talked about before how church, the expression of church changed during COVID. And it really left a such a profound impact on your life. And on, as it turns out on my life, <laughs> um, I get to do this thing with you guys. Uh, so let's talk about what has been going on with greater things since COVID and kind of what that has evolved into. Well, greater Things has been something for Trish and I, we've been talking about this for a few years. And like local church ministry as a pastor, if you had asked me five years ago, I would have thought that I would have died in the same place that I've been serving the entire time. I would have just been there for my entire career. But COVID, in my own journey started asking bigger questions about what the future looked like for Trish she was way ahead of the ball uh, than than I was this whole thing of religion for her had been undone far quicker than it had been with me she wasn't raised in the church she came to faith and when she was 21 so many of the thoughts I had around religion and from those early formative years were not, not something she engaged with so for her disengaging from some of the the format the the ritual and even some of the beliefs around things that have been long held for her became a much more fluid place and she was curious about it a long time before I was um I'm just slower to the to the party on that one but through COVID what was a dream started forming up as a reality in the start of 2021, we'd had a, a personal conversation for the two of us to say, I think we've got 12 months left in us here. And there was a there was a proviso on that. And I think with me, that was the, gee, God, I hope you do something significant so I don't have to do anything else. Um, unless something happens in this 12 months that creates an opportunity for us to do uh, gatherings and things like we want and what we believe God's asking of us, then we would be out. Now, for us, that's a, that was a very scary uh, thing um, from a financial point of view. Uh, we, Trish and I, had gone all in with ministry. Like We were a single-income family uh, living in Sydney, Australia. Uh, we lived in the church's house, uh, so we had no property, we had no portfolio, we had nothing. Um, and we knew in our 50s of stepping away from secure income and a place to live was an extraordinary risk to take and 
it was one for me that for many years was a bridge too far to even complicate com- complicate there and that's a probably a word to <laughs> contemplate is the word I was looking for um but my mind would complicate things a lot in this process particularly around finances and two years later it's still significant challenge for us and something we continually uh, trust God in those spaces of provision um, yeah and just to keep doing the things that that we're doing and so 2021 that was an enormous place of conversation in the midst of 2021 um, with COVID in and out in and out uh, we had a number of struggles uh, inside of our own church family where one of our staff members suddenly passed away as well. And it created a, a very um, a very challenging season for the whole community to be in. Um, you don't sort of process those th- sorts of things instantaneously or in a moment. It's in in the place in the journey. And some of that is still still flowing and occurring. But by six months into that year, uh, we had decided that that was going to be our time and the end of the year was going to be when we were going to leave. And so we effectively gave the the church we're in three months' notice to say, hey, this is what we're thinking and this is what we're going to be doing, allowed the church to process that and come to grips with what that might look like and and feel and seem. And in the midst, Patricia and I were um, internally going 100 miles an hour, going, okay, how how do we do this thing? How do we set up a business? I've never done that before. Um, like, what do we need? What do we have to do? Uh, and all these things became very big deals for us. Lots of things that you don't even think about initially become big priorities, things like insurance, um, things like graphic design, websites, email addresses, um, all kinds of things that uh, I had some experience in, but it's definitely not my my strong suit in any way, shape, or form. And so these things became quickly very much a part of our conversation uh, towards the end of that that year. But the whole process, I felt like there was not one moment where I'm going, oh, no, what have I done? Each moment in time as I engaged with the concept of what does gathering look like, what I believed we were doing, was what I believe we were designed to do. We needed to make calls and decisions that would affect the future for what we're about to do. But like anyone who's listening, there are moments in your life where you do make those decisions and you do step into places that you've never been and you do uh, put your faith out there in a space to go, well, if this is what I believe uh, God has asked me to do, then that is what I'll do. And so initially there was a lot of excitement around what we were about to do, but I, I soon realized when I stepped out there, a lot of people stepped back and to see what is this thing going to be? What does it look like? What does it mean? I found a lot of people had commentary on it, but I looked for those that the Father drew to me, yourself being one of those uh, brilliant people, Jane. And Patricia and I, as we watched and waited and saw, we started to see the essence of what God was doing with us and taking going further forward with us. And so once again, it was it would be easy for me to go church leader mode and go, okay, this we've got to do this, 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 this. That's the person we've got. That's let's just get into it. The sense was let's wait to see who God draws. 
let's wait and hear what the revelation they walk and flow in and let's see where we go from here. This is like a new language to where I was a number of years ago. Um, it was for me to take some of uh, my hands off the reins and it's still a lesson that I'm learning to this very day. But learning to be more at peace with myself and at rest became the place of revelation that, that I sat in. So lots has changed. The anxiety that I'd felt in disconnecting from a denomination, uh, from a secure home, secure um, uh, income, they were all real. But it wasn't like in the past where it was um, paralyzing for me, as in this is too hard of a conversation for my brain to even engage. Um, that moment where you go, what was I thinking Um Maybe there were yeah. moments along the way where that phrase was in my head, but like you said to me in the last uh, podcast, would you go back? And it's just like, no, I would not. I would not. I'm enjoying the things that we're doing. I'm enjoying the curiosity of the community that we gather. I'm enjoying learning from the people that surround. I'm enjoying discovering the unique identity of those that I'm connecting with in this way. Um so things like when we went to America and we toured America with you and a few others and then did a retreat up there in, in uh, Minnesota, we got to see something of that played out in fullness in a different um, gathering altogether. And it still works. It still flourishes. It still brings that space of connection and wonder. Um, it's different but it's not something that I would ever shift from into a place of going, I need to rush back to where we were, where there's one person standing up in front of the whole church. I don't know if that's something that um, that I'd ever get comfortable just going, yeah, that's that's the model we're going. Like I, I still don't mind going and speaking at churches and, and being that voice into certain places, but I have seriously um, been transformed in the way that the community gathers together the way it unites, the way it connects. And so when we, when people would say to us back in 2021, like, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? The only word that I had going through my spirit was connection. It became a powerful word for me in understanding God. How do I connect with him? Or how do I connect with the people that surround me? How do I connect with Trish? How do I connect with my family? How do I connect with Jade? How do I connect with people who come and sit in front of me? Um, became a very, again, became a life-giving question and something that I cherish and something that I desire to live in. And so when people talk about where is greater things going and what's next and where are we heading, what courses are you running, um, I tend, and as you know, it infuriates people at times. I don't look too far down the road because uh, I want to understand God in the presence. I want to know more about his presence. I want to discover more about him in the present. And I do that by listening. I do that by releasing people's voices so that they can share with me what's on their heart, what's in their spirit, what's what's got them curious today. I, and I love asking people these days, like, what is Jesus on about today for you? A few years ago, Jade, if I had have asked people that question, they would have felt on the spot, deer in the headlights. But now it's a natural question inside of a community that people are looking for the presence 
of what Jesus might be doing inside the moments that we're in. And if the answer is nothing, then that's an okay answer as well. I love that place. I love that that moment where we can sit in that place of understanding a God of the moment, a God who is surrounding us, a God who is in us. And so, again, you get the essence of so much of what I'm writing at the moment is about this kind of God, the designer who is in the presence, in the present, in the moment, and in connection with the people that surround. So, yeah, that time of COVID greatly transformed the way that I look at. So now it's not church on the couch we do, it's called feast table. And that's the essence of it. Like we gather people at a place where we can feast together where each person can bring something to the table of their revelation of what God is saying. And that could be a dream, that could be a picture, that could be a word, that could be a verse, it could be any one of those things. But a feast table is where we all sit at the one level. No one's above us, no one is under us, we are there. There is no young prophet in the house or old prophet in the house, That they are all just people gathered at the table in the house. And we feast together. This to me is the heartbeat um, that will take us forward. I have a couple of questions that just kind of bubbled up as you were talking. And I'm curious to know more about, because I, you've always been Baptist hmm. and coming out of that sort of lens of this is how we do. And this is, this is part of my identity as Baptist. How hard was that? Uh, there was a time where I was, because uh, often in the prophetic, and the prophetic and Baptist don't actually go together. And if you say that in communities, people are like, "What? Well, what are you doing?" I found it far easier than I thought it would be. I found that even the heritage that I have of the love I have for the Word of God has come from some of those roots. And so now it's a place of honour. It's not a place of whether it's hard or easy, right or wrong. Um, it's a place of discovering what God was doing for me and through me in the, those times. Some of the mindsets have been hard to shift and change too. Like especially when things get hard financially for me, it's easy for me to go, oh, maybe I have to go back and do something that I know how to do. Now, before ministry, I was in engineering. Um, it's too long that I've been out of the game. I can't do that anymore. And I don't want to run a church like I have done before. And so it becomes this really challenging place of going, well, and all of a sudden I realize I'm thinking the same way as I did before. It's having that kind of revelation that it then allows me to ground myself, knowing who I am and what I believe, confident because I know the Word of God pretty well. I always know it better. Like I think anyone can say that, but I do enjoy having a good handle on the Bible and the stories and letting the richness of those stories become bigger uh, for me. I, I really love doing that. So, yeah, so I want to honour the heritage that I've come from, but at the same time, I identify the mindsets that I've carried uh, from there. I think the older you get, uh, sometimes it's, you know, that phrase, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's entirely true, but... Um, it's why relationship is so important to me, having people in my world to go, hey, mate, why why are you thinking that way again? That is rich. I think that kind of speaks into 
My my next question is, I know that there is, for many people, it's difficult to think sort of outside organized religion because they want to know who is keeping you in check and how is that working if there is not sort of that blanket covering there? Well, let me speak honestly. Um, even when you're in a denomination, you are very much responsible for yourself. So in a denomination, you are required to have a mentor. Um, and if you want your accreditation to stay uh, current, you've got to be able to, to identify who that mentor is and they've got to be aware of that person and know that that's, that's a reasonable human that can do that kind of mentoring. Anyone can have a mentor but tell all the lies in the world. You can mm. have 10 mentors, but if you tell them no truth, then what good are they? then there's no, it doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever. So you, people can tell me that they are accountable by this body or that body or this and that. Um, but the evidence is in the truth that they walk into those meetings with. My accountability, uh, so I connect with a number of other uh, pastors in my world and I love those conversations and connections. I love uh, to sit with people that I can have my thought bubbles with, where I can just say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking right now. Can we just can we just wrestle that around? Can we process that out?" And there are some very key people in my world and life um, that aren't necessarily in the greater things community that I I engage with in a way that is very helpful for me. It's not just about what I'm teaching; it's about who I am. It's about the character uh, that I hold. And and who can I be honest with? And so you can be in a denomination, denominational church. You can have full a body of accountability surrounding you, but if you're not being honest with yourself, then all you're doing is lying to everybody else. And I have a, a great belief that you reproduce who you are. And if that's the model of leadership that you run with, where you hide from accountability, then you will breed that in the leadership that surrounds you. Inside of a community that values the voice of every person inside of the community, and it's not just my voice, there's something so beautiful about that, Jade, and you know it. You've been there, you've seen it. What that means, too, is it doesn't all have to circle around me. It's not about what I believe that defines everything inside of that community. It's now about what the community is hearing and listening and moving with. And so there's some things that people share. You go, oh, that's a bit strange. That's a bit outside of what I believe. But I'm not shutting them down and saying that's not the way it is. What I'm doing is getting curious around what they're sharing and what they're speaking and what they're t teaching and what they're sharing and allowing that to become a relational uh, conversation. Accountability flows naturally when you can be authentic with people that surround you uh, and those people that God draws to you. They get to see you. So you get to see at times, and there'll be times even when we were in our great American road trip, you would come alongside of me and you go, "What are you okay? It's because you saw something or you uh, witnessed something that you were just going, I just need to just keep check. When a person knows your character and you allow people to see your character, there is a natural accountability that actually flows into that. If, you will, if you're willing to let them challenge you, there's a growth mindset inside of that too. Then you have, uh, like, um, 
robust relationships and strong relationships that you can depend upon, that you know that even if we have a hard moment, we're not going to go running to the four winds. We're actually going to stay present in the moment. This is all very new for me in the place of a community, and I enjoy it. So people have said to me straight to my face, like, unless there's a governing body, there's this could be a cult. I welcome the conversation of that because I want to hear what they they know by that. And most people who sit with me walk away from that place of going, I want to know more about this, not less. Mm-hmm. I want to discover more of what God is doing. I want to hear. And so it's always a growing place and a shifting and changing place. You can be accountable today and decide that tomorrow I'm just going to not tell you the truth and all of a sudden your world starts shrinking. But in healthy relationships, I think um, it's like a, a rhythm. Sometimes there's ups and sometimes there's downs, but we're going to can be consistently moving along in a way that we are allowed to see each other's hearts and spirits and character and are able to speak into that. So for me, it's not about ensuring that I have a body or I have a a, a a proper person that I declare that's my only mentor in life or anything like that. It's about being in a space where I am accountable too. Like you call me your mentor, but you know you're my friend. You know it. Like, and that's the same space. Um, the same deal for Trish, other people in our world. It's the same deal that God has drawn to. And we allow people, allow we, we allow you to see some of our hardest moments and to know that, These are moments of connection, not moments of fixing, but moments of connection. And you start to see more and more of how the kingdom can operate and and flourish in natural ways of doing relationship like this. I agree. I agree. You also do mentoring. You also are that person for different groups and different people. What is happening in the community right now that you want to see expand in the future? Such an interesting question because the things of the community, that place of intimacy and vulnerability are growing. The understandings, like we said, about deliverance, freedom, they are growing. The places of revelation, the prophetic, are all growing within our community. Creativity, my heart, and the works that we're doing in creativity, Jade, this has got me so excited for what what is to come because it literally means I don't know what's going to happen inside of some of these sessions and groups or, and people, but when you're doing in a place of creativity and you're allowing that to be something new that flows in and through you, that excites me. You know, watching even with the books that I'm writing, having kids put their um, pictures in these books and seeing the pride and the joy that they hold. Having other kids going, oh, can I put something in? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There's so much inside of that, Jade, that that is a thing for the days that we are in and days that we are to come. And the word wonder is a big deal for me. I want to be in places of war and wonder. I want to behold a child's drawing and just go, that is the most extraordinary thing I've ever heard. I want to hear your revelation and sit there and go, oh, I've got a front row seat to listen to the very thing that is flowing out of Jade's heart and spirit. 
I want those places of wonder to be something that we continue to move and flow in and that allows creativity and curiosity and exploration and adventure and the things that we do inside of the kingdom of God in, in this way and expression. I think when there's that freedom to follow our creativity, we will discover so much about God that we have wondered about and now are seeing. And then I feel like it's Pandora's box for us, Jay, where we're going to start seeing more and more of what God is revealing for us. It's oh, a good place to sit. <laughs> yeah. And that's Let me give one more encouragement before we, we tie this one together. For anyone who's listening, if you've got through four sessions of listening to me talk about my journey from where I was in religion to where I am, there's still more to come. And your journey to freedom, well, you're already free, but to discover the freedom that you've been designed for is a source of wonder in itself. Things you've walked through, the things you've gone through, uh, the pain, the challenges, the hurts, the disappointments, and sometimes even the abuse that religion has brought, I encourage you to get curious about the kingdom and wonder, hang out with people who are speaking the same language as you. And if you're short on those people inside of your world and life, look us up at greater things and hang out with us at a cafe or a feast table and discover for yourself. So don't just take my word for it. I invite you into the, the place of relationship and encounter. I invite you to find your own voice and to know who you are and discover who God is to you as well. So there's more yet to come. And there's so much of your story that is yet to be shared. I just encourage you to open your mouth, release your voice and discover God for yourself. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks for being open and vulnerable to do this and sort of take us past, present, and into the future. Um, just love that I get to do this with you and Trish and, and all of our Greater Things community. We've become family. So I believe we will wrap this up. Yeah. Thanks, Jade. For all you people listening along, we thank you for the time and space you've given us in your world and your life. For those who are supporting us financially, we want to say thank you. Just really appreciate your generosity in that. If you'd like to, there's a link on the bottom uh, of this uh, podcast that you can do so. And we're just very grateful for uh, anything that flows in. But otherwise, we'll be back in your ears next time. Bye for now. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or go to our website, greaterthingsinternational.com.